Uh, I got the hooker, baby, you can call me Master P. Niggas talking like I ain't the guy, swear that shit blasphemy. Couple hitters on the squad, two snaps and they a blasphemy. And you become the victim, dog, you just another casualty. Welcome to the jungle. What is up, everyone? This is 7 Octobers, here with another episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue, hip-hop and horror podcast. I am your host, um, and I just wanted to um, shout out everybody that's been uh, watching these interviews. So I have another dope guest. I just played an intro track from the Shamrock EP, which is Sham Black and Rob Broccoli. Shout out to both of them, uh, Spooky Fam. So I have Sham Black today. Um, I'll introduce him real quick. So he's a rapper uh, from San Diego. He also uh, owns a clothing line, Waves in the Tide. So he's an entrepreneur. He's a Spooky Gang member as myself. I'm wearing the Spooky Gang uh, hoodie right here. Uh, we'll talk about his clothing line and where you can cop some of these if there's still some available. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to bring him on here. Uh, again, he's a dope dope dude that I know. Uh, how's it going, Sham? Yo, what's happening, man? Spooky's in the building. Hey, you know thank I mean? you. Thank you for coming yes. on. Obviously, we're, we, we're homies and shit, but I wanted to um, introduce my audience who might not know who you are um to you and get you uh get them to like listen to your music and check you out because i believe like you're like a a great up-and-coming act we're just talking about you actually um the platform collection our uh, year-end review um Uh i i named you as one of like the the people that i see doing big things in 2021 so i want to introduce people before the year's over Uh, um you can introduce yourself a little bit just like a little brief bio about yourself okay bet yeah my name is uh sham black san diego california representative Spooky Gang affiliate. Um, I'm the CEO of Waves in the Tide. Um, shit, man, just an <laughs> all around, all around gangster ass motherfucker, bro. By gangster, <laughs> we don't mean toting guns and yeah. doing dope, man. We just mean being a being a um, just being a positive energy man and just you know holding it down. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, if you could tell us a little bit about how you got into like rapping and the San Diego hip hop scene in specific. Okay, yeah, man. So I grew up rapping with my cousins, man. We used to try to rap like Bone Thugs and Harmony back in the days. <laughs> and um, excuse me, um, we would just we would take the cassettes, throw them in the cassette player, mm-hmm. put some paper in the top of it, press record and get the rapping. That's yeah. how we did it growing up, man. I remember um, my twin cousins, mm-hmm. they got in trouble by my dad for stealing his Tupac CD. <laughs> excuse me. And uh, yeah, man, that's how we started out. Ra- that's how I started out rapping. Yeah, I took it a little bit more serious than they did, and um, you know, uh, that this is where we at with it. I ended up joining the military, but uh-huh. fast forward, once I got out the military, I came back home, okay. and then I was already tapped into what the music scene was going on. I'm familiar with a lot of big local names, uh-huh. and I jumped right back in head first. And, and and once I jumped back in, I hit the music scene. Uh, my cousin Milky Wayne had invited me out a few times. I had seen him on the internet with Skinny Vinny doing a couple interviews. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I got to tap in. I tapped in with him. My 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 cousin Wayne, Milky Wayne, mm-hmm. he's um he's like 20 years my senior. The OG. So um <laughs> yeah, he just remembered me from when I was a baby, but he had never been around me as an adult or like as a like big child or anything like that. Yeah. So he was like, Yeah, come on, cousin, let's let's tap it in. And so I tapped it in. He seen the kind of energy I was bringing. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, we need that. And so, um, boom, he started introducing me. I started I started knowing where to tap in at. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I got really introduced, reintroduced to the San Diego music hip hop scene. 
How long ago was that? Was that like a few years ago or recently or? Nah, it was um, it was like, it was like late 2019. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was probably like August. August okay. is when he is August is when I started really um annoying him as I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I really started to bug him about it, and I yeah. really wanted to, you know, I was uber ambitious about it, and and I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. As soon as when I stepped on the scene, I seen the spookies. Yeah. I heard everybody screaming spooky. Yeah. And I was like, I wanna I wanna scream spooky, bruh. Yeah. I wanna how did, be a um, that's all. How was it like because you said you obviously were in the military, were you still like writing at the time? Like was that something still in the back of your head? Like I wanna do that, or it just kinda happened when you got back? Well, it's it's one of those odd things because it's like uh, when I was in the military, I had made a lot of rank, so mm-hmm. I didn't really think I could rap. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I wrote and I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. So I never stopped writing, but I yeah. just wasn't as, I didn't take it as serious. Cause it's like being in the military, you somebody's boss and mm-hmm. not just like a little boss. Like you, like being in the military, if you fuck up or do fucked up shit and you're an NCO, you know, they kind of look at you like, yo bro, you can't be doing that kind of shit. Cause there's people that's looking up to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like when you deploy to Afghanistan or Iraq or any of these combat zones, you know, these people's lives are in your hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you tell somebody some, to do something in the military, they legit have to do it. Yeah. And if they don't do it, you know, they can get in a lot of trouble. So it's just that kind of energy. I didn't want it to be tampered with by, I don't want to say an ego-driven kind of art form. Yeah. But, you know, being a being an artist and being a, a quote-unquote rapper, it kind of dry. it's a selfish, it's a selfish art. You know yeah, what I mean? it is, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I was writing the whole time, but I just never, I mean, like in 2013, I had put together a tape because I didn't make rank yet. I still was a, e, I still was a specialist or an E4. Mm-hmm. And so um, I still was, I still was in my dirt bag ways, but I started to develop these leadership qualities yeah. to where I knew like, <clears throat> I wasn't going to really be able to pursue the music how I wanted to. I started making connections with some people in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I was really, I was, I was rubbing close, close elbows with Tech Nine Camp. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of the big um, Colorado artists, yeah. you know, Colorado Springs artists. And I was, I mean, man, I was trailblazing. Yeah. But of course the military calls and I had to go answer that call. And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, it was, it was, it was something that where I didn't want to give up on my dream. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I knew that it was like hard. It's going to be hard to fulfill my dream. Cause I was tethered. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. Do you feel like, um, because I, I, I believe like certain things like because my brother-in-law was in the in the Navy, too. So do you feel like some of the things that you learned in the Navy, you know, like organization, you know, leadership skills, like all that kind of comes into play as an artist and like your your business? Yeah, well, I was in the Army okay. and um, definitely, definitely plays into a lot of this shit, um, especially my task organization, my ability to be told no a multiple amount of times and yeah. still go forward with um, the same energy as the first no um my ability to um we call it um we, we call it we call it cut sling in the army is where you just kind of don't give a fuck about shit yeah. keep going forward <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but my ability my ability to det- my ability to detach from certain situations yeah. and from just certain energies and from certain emotions i did pick up in the military you know my ability yeah. to um to get up and go at a, at a moment's notice you know yeah, that I, I picked that up in the military. My ability to to organize and 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 to go for it, it definitely helps on the on the clothing line side. Yeah, because you know I've had to organize shit. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can, you know? I can see that. I definitely see that. I'm talking about organized shit, like literal fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been in so many shitty ass situations and I'm just like, man, if we just put a little bit of thought into it, man, we could have did so much more greater shit. Exactly. And so, you know, working, working next to you, I mean, you've seen um, what I've contributed thus far. Yeah. And um, you, you've seen me on set. You've seen like, hey, come on, let's go, let's go, yeah. let's go. We working, we working. Yeah. That's exactly how I was, man. As soon as I made E5, um, Sergeant, man, that's what you expected to do, man. You're the bulldog. So you correct on-site corrections, man. Yeah. Same, same thing. Hey, get off your phone, man. Let's work. We work <laughs> to take pictures. Let's yeah. go. You got to be in. You got to get your head in the game, you know? Yeah, we call it cracking the whip, but yeah. that's not politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I get it because it's true. Like something so, like I talk about that with some people, like how something so simple as like organization and all these things that come natural, like to at least to me and probably to you as well. Like some people don't have it and they lack it, and I'm like sometimes I'm like I have to like step back and I'm like okay, that person's not me, you know. So that's yeah. like a skill for sure that you know people as artists should obviously um, hone because it's gonna come into play. So. um and Definitely. and talking about going back to like hip hop and everything, um, do you recall like the moment that made you fall in love with hip hop, or like a specific like artist or song or anything like that, or person that might have introduced you to it? Yeah, well, I didn't listen to hip hop all the way up until I was in the sixth grade. I used to listen to rock and roll. Okay. And my brother <laughs> used to make me watch. <laughs> my brother used to make me watch BET Rap City. I used to okay. hate him for that shit. <laughs> I used to hate it. Yeah. I was like, man, I wanted my first CD I ever bought was Limp Biscuit. Oh my god, <laughs> that's yeah. Weird. So <laughs> I was a skater, yeah, I was a skateboard. So yeah. I didn't want to even be, you know what I mean. But my brother used to make me listen to rap music. But I remember the first time where I was like, well, I I, I take that back. I listened to rap music, like mm -hmm. like I said, I was um I used to rap with my cousins, mm -hmm. you know, listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony and shit. But I don't know. Once I like once I got out of elementary school, I guess I just. Mm -hmm. Oh no! I wanted to skateboarding. I wanted yeah. to be a white boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I listened to a lot of rock. That's what the girls that liked the boys liked. So I went yeah. to um, <laughs> I went to Pershing Middle School out of um, San Marcos. So okay, you know that's that's what the the crowd I was around. I skateboarded and shit like that. And I kind of went through like a little small identity crisis. Yeah, but um, <laughs> we all do. I right? remember my brother. <laughs> my brother had the bootleg copy of Eminem. The Marshall yeah. Mathers LP. Yeah, classic. Yeah, because I, I was hip to Slim Shady, but the Marshall Mathers LP is when I really was like, I could, I like this kind of, like, I like this kind of shit. Yeah. He has said some shit like, um, matter of fact, it was off the Slim Shady said, my favorite color is red, like the bloodshed. Oh, girl, red, red. What do you guys do? Well, women all messed <laughs> up in my shish kebab, poor Lauren Hill tapes or a kiss, cause not many. He goes, I can't stand white people. He's like, <laughs> he said, uh, you thought I was sick? Now I'm even more dope. Shit, I got full-blown A's and a sore throat. But that was the tape where I really was like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I really like rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. I know I'm going to lose some cool points for that, but fuck it, I don't give a fuck. Nah, I'm an Eminem fan, so fuck, <laughs> fuck the haters. I mean, I don't like his music now, but he was a shit back then, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then kind of getting to like your clothing line and stuff like that, um, or your CEO of it, Waves in the Tide. Can you tell us a little bit about how that got started and how you got involved and, and what the brand means to you? Yeah. Okay. So boom, uh, I got some friends, California Money and um, the BU brand by uh, one of my big bros. Not my mm -hmm. physical big bro or, or, or that, but someone that I look up to and that I 
that I kind of like, you know, I respect a lot and take a lot of advice from. Yeah. And um, I had reached out to to the to the two companies, and um, I wanted to sell them. I felt like those companies had great um merchandise and they had great, you know, intentions. And so yeah. I want to be affiliated with that. And I didn't want them to. I wanted them to kind of reach out and affiliate me, but I mean, I took it upon myself. Yeah. I reached out. I said, hey, man, can we do some business? They said, yeah. And then we did business. But on the back end, mm-hmm. I also interjected my brand into it as well. Because, okay. you know, not not everyone is going to like everything. So I wanted to interject my brand with these brands and kind of just give people that um, that I would that I would become that I would be brushing elbows with, you know, some options. I think life is good when you have a, a few options. Exactly. And um, upon selling these items, I realized, like, you know what? I could sell my own stuff, too. Like, my stuff ain't doing too bad. Yeah. And um, so that's where I carried the, the, the way from. And so, of course, I had to come up with an idea and a brand. Mm-hmm. And um, back when I was in uh, Iraq in 2016, mm-hmm. me and my buddies, man, we would just always just be funny, but we would just be like, oh, shit is wavy. Shit is wavy, B. We was really heavy into, like, like paid in full. And, you know, I had some buddies from the East Coast. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was dope, though. Because, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They was getting money. I was getting money. We was getting money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We was saving it, stacking it up. What you do on the deployment. And so um, the wave, man, that was just the thing. It was just to be on the wave. We would always throw up the, the shakas or the, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and it kind of became like just to be wavy was to be dope. Mm-hmm. Now, also, um, Max B is the king of the wave. You know, he's the wave guy. And um, that was being emulated a lot, too. I listen to a lot of Max B. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but Max B came down here yeah, in, I, I think, him. like, 2008 or 2009, maybe yeah. 2007, mm-hmm. and recorded this whole Don Diego um, tape down here at the Bad Cave. So, okay. you know, that, you know, once I, I was listening to that, too, so it all, it's just all kind of just mesh together and then I, I just would say shit like it's a wave yeah and boom that's how I, that's a, where the idea came from but then waves okay. in the tide mm-hmm. was a little bit more deeper I wanted it to be to have like um a couple entendres within it so mm-hmm. like waves in the tide just means that we're all collected energies you know if yeah. you think about the wave um, there's multiple waves in the tide, you know, and and yeah. and when you bring all of the waves together, that that's what creates the ocean. So mm-hmm. that was one of them. The other one was just waves, meaning like the waves in the ocean, but like energy waves, sonic waves, you know, mm-hmm. just waves. You know, we carrying good energy. But then I broke it down, and then I broke down waves, and then it, I I started to say that waves stood for we are very engaged. You know, to be engaged is to be a part of. And I felt like that described, you know, me and what I wanted to contribute to okay. whatever I was a part of. Yeah, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Um, that's cool. Um, and so um, what kind of like advice, um, like, you know, as a rapper and an entrepreneur um, or gems would you want to give to people like starting a new business or, or trying to get into the music? Man, whatever you do, put some respect on your name. You know, um, yeah, put some respect on your name. You know, don't be scared. I, that's so cliche to say, don't be scared. But when not you get true. nervous, you know that you're about to do something big. Exactly. But don't never down talk yourself. Don't never say what you can't do because you could do any, anything that's possible. Everything is possible. 
everything that you want to do, you can fucking do it. Put some respect on your name and carry that shit because there's going to be people that are going to they're going to talk about you no matter what. Exactly. So just put some it. respect on your name. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's real. That's true, man. And um, I want to obviously talk about your music too. So you just put out an EP about was it like two months ago? Um, Shamrock. EP? Yeah, November first. Yeah, okay. Shamrock. That's my first yeah. official. It's gonna be two. Yeah, two, EP. two months. So it's you and um and Rob Broccoli. Shout out to Rob Broccoli, uh, dope producer. Ah, uh, Rob Broccoli. Spooky Gang fam. Um, what uh what inspired this EP and uh how did it come about? Okay, so the truth is, I had got welcomed into the Spooky Gang, but I didn't really know no producers. Mm-hmm. And then Rob Broccoli had came along, and he had wanted to do a tape with the Spooky Gang. Yeah. And I was new to the gang, and so I wanted to take advantage of that. Um, there were some things being said about how the beats were being distributed, mm-hmm. so I reached out on the back end and told him, like, hey, man, I want to work with you on some other stuff outside of the Spooky Gang. Mm-hmm. And so he had said, yeah, he had shot me a whole lot of beats, and he was like, um, feel free. And so that's what I did. We recorded probably like about seven or eight tracks. Um, I divvied them up mm-hmm. to just make sure that I had some songs for his project, but also some songs for my project. Okay. Um, his name is, his name is um, he goes by Rob Rockley mm-hmm. and I go by mm-hmm. Sham Black. Well, my first name, my, 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 um, my government name is Shamron. And growing up as a kid, a lot of people would say, would just call me Shamrock. Yeah. Because... <laughs> just just natural i guess yeah and um so it was a play on that you know it was i was taking the power back I, mm-hmm. you know and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little um detour right now yeah. but my name sham black was a joke as a child so yeah. when i was in <laughs> when i was in middle school like eighth grade people would try to clown me and they mm-hmm. would call me sham black because i was dark-skinned yeah. <laughs> and and so that just, the name stuck and people would just call me Shan Black. So then I just went by Shan Black as a way to kind of be like, ha ha, but you Yeah, like turn it against feeling. them, you know, <laughs> turn it a positive. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so that's how Shamrock came about. Um, of course, you know, it's not uncommon for a hip hop, uh, for the um, MC and the producer to kind of just do a, a name kind of play on names. Yeah. And it just rolled perfectly, Sham Rock. And that's how it came about, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it here on the screen so people can see it. Uh, dope Bet. cover. Who did the cover so, for this one? So um, it was a little bit of Rob Broccoli and uh, Yellow Bacalava. Okay, yeah, he's dope. I just got a cover from him too. Um, so I sent the image to Rob. Mm-hmm. It was originally green. Okay. So there's a little bit of there's a little bit of depth to the Shamrock, and I haven't really spoke about it yet. Yeah. Because we haven't touched bases, but I'll you know I say I'll let you in on that. Sure. So um, the reason why he's blue is because St. Patrick blue, St. Patrick's original color was blue. It wasn't green. Okay. There's a color called St. Patrick blue. It's a hue. Okay. And um, that was the color of St. That was St. Patrick's color, the color of the, like the uniforms and the, and the, and the stuff like that. Okay. They later on changed it to green because then he, when, when um, St. Patrick came back as a, as a, um, as a priest, cause he was a slave. St. Patrick was a slave in Ireland. When he came, he had escaped and came back as a priest, and then he preached the shamrock, the um, the son, the father, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. And that's how we came up with the whole yeah, the the Trinity. He preached the he preached the Trinity, the threeness of oneness. You know, all three of those makes the one. Yeah. And it just so happened that you know they had the clover, so that was that was the way he introduced, um, 
that's that was the way he introduced his 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 message as the clover. Now the four leaf clover is the lucky one, but yeah. the three leaf clover is the one you find everywhere. You everywhere and that, yeah. yeah, and that came from Ireland. Yeah, that's dope. Shem, I didn't know Shem about Rock. that shit. That's St. Patrick would preach that one. Yeah. And that's where and you so, guys that's... and that's probably where you guys have three tracks, right? Makes sense. Like what you yep. have three. Okay. Yep. That's pretty dope. Okay. Yep, the son and the father of the Holy Spirit. Nice. Um mm-hmm. what do you want people to take away from that project? I want people to I want people to put some respect on the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, nah, I was gonna do that anyway. Yeah. But what I want people to take away from the music is that um when you're dealing with Sham Black, you never know which way I'm going to, you know, you don't know how I'm going to swing. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I'm a lot of, I make a lot of popular music. I enjoy mm-hmm. popular music. I like to have a good time, but I got bars and I'm going to hit you with some dope concepts and some dope, um, just from out of left, out, out of left field. I think like, as long as you stay creative, no one can box you. No one never really knows exactly. how I'm going to approach a track. Yeah. And um, that was my first, that was my first studio project, you know. Nice. I had put out a tape before that called In the Meantime, but that was just in the that was in the home studio. Mm-hmm. This was my first like studio project. You can tell in the quality mm-hmm. that that all the um the eyes were dotted and the T's were crossed. Um, we came with some dope concepts, some dope bars. We really get into some shit on there, and we talking. You know what I'm saying? We talking for the for those that want to rap. We rapping. Yeah. You know. And so that's that. Yeah, I love that project. Um, do you guys want to put any visuals out or anything? Or yeah, we got something in the works for um the Holy Spirit. I think it's gonna be real dope. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to my spookies when the time right, and we're gonna really tap it in. But just expect some dope, 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 dope. I'm gonna reach out to a couple um to people to a couple um editors, mm-hmm. but I think I'm gonna line up um Climate Media just because we have a good working relationship. Yeah, and I love and I love their and I love their speediness and their time frames. You know, they really get they really get the job done in yeah. um productive productive amount of time. Nice. Yeah. And obviously, besides dropping that EP and everything, you've been dropping like singles all year too. Uh, my favorite mm-hmm. one uh, is Power Moves. I was lucky enough to be part of the uh, cameo in the video. Um, yes, ma'am. And uh, you talk about you know the forty eight laws of power. Do you want to talk a little bit about that track? Yeah. Okay. So, um, power moves is just my um, ten crack commandments. Basically, um, yeah. I read the the Forty Eight Laws of Power is one of my favorite books in the whole world. Being in the military, it's very important to be strategic and to understand how mm-hmm. power translates. Yeah. And um, understanding that will leave you in a better position and will and will will have you feeling like, you know, not so used and abused because you know everything is a power transfer. Sometimes you got to know when to bend the knee. And sometimes you gotta know when to chop a motherfucking head off, you know. But it's but it's all it's all relative, and um, yeah. you know, dealing with shady people and dealing with you know <laughs> the wolves of Wall Street, if you if you would, you know, dealing with people of power, you gotta understand that sometimes you can't always meet them on their level. Sometimes you gotta bring them to your level, or sometimes you even gotta go around them through the legs, behind yeah. their back, over their shoulder. You know, in order to get your point across too, because we are all ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, that book is just one of my favorite books, man. It has so many, so many good just gems and references, and I think that, um, I think that, um, I think that I think his name is John Green, the author. I think he just he just really put that together, and, and it's so slept on that you know <laughs> you, you would you would think like all these all these fools would really tap into that but you know yeah. it's okay in time 
um, the ones that like it, love it, and the ones that aren't familiar, you know, they bob their heads. But it was just my pro- it was my take on it. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree because I I've seen a lot of like successful people actually name that book a lot. Like Russ is one of them. That's how I first uh-huh. heard about it. Um, Before the laws of power, it, it and, and and I just didn't read the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Like I've studied the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Yeah. I've read the book like five or six times, and I think one of the books I I took notes in and I gave it to my older brother for like mm-hmm. a gift. Like here you go, man. This is one of the books I love to read. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a guide, right? You can just keep going back to it and referencing. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those ones where. You know, it doesn't change. I mean, he's using he's using Cleopatra and he's using King George as references and as saying like how this law worked for the person and how this law worked against the person. I mean, he gives you, you know, really, really good analogies. And I mean, if you're one to soak up books and really play on that, man, you know, um, man, a lot of that stuff works. And, I, and like I said, man, I was an NCO mm-hmm. in, the, in the army. So, um, you know, some of that stuff you have to use, man. Sometimes you have those young soldiers who are playing these mind games. It's 48 Laws of Power is a mind game. I mean, shit, they took it out of prisons because the prisoners was using this book to manipulate <laughs> the um, COs, for real. Wow, I'm serious. That's crazy. If that's how, because it's true. You, if, you can, if you can digest the book appropriately, you mm-hmm. can definitely strategize and win. And win big. You know, yeah. but one of the one of the major laws that I'm that I'm just really really fond of is just you know removing you gotta you gotta remove the emotion out of a lot of stuff. You can't really move with all the emotion because you know the emotions are have you re- overreacting to stuff. That's true. And you know it's just you know not taking the stuff personal. This business is not personal. You know it's not like people are attacking you. They are attacking you, but they're not attacking you. You know they're just attacking because sometimes that's what people do. Yeah, man, I love that book and I love that song. Yeah, knowledge is power, man. So, indeed it is. Um, indeed it is. And what other things, you know, obviously besides like books and stuff like that, what other uh, things inspire or influence your music? Just everyday life. I like to, I, you know, I like to get into the creative aspects of writing and storytelling. And, um, yeah. you know, some of like, like, you know, some of the stories is stories that I'm telling from a third eye or from an outside, you know, from my mm-hmm. point of view. And yeah. some of the stories, you know, have been told to me and I'm just translating them. And um, some of the stories is my interpretation of a story, you know? Yeah. Some of the stuff, you know, I lived and, uh, you know, first person, I've done it. I've, you know, did this and did that. And some of the stuff was like, okay, I didn't have to do that to experience that. Yeah. So it's like it's like you tell it's like you um, telling busy, you know, used to write poems for for other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of how this how some of the songs is. It's like some of the songs or some of the bars that I that I gather is just, you know, from from my from me absorbing, you know, the outside sources and in, in, in the outside world and really taking it in. So, exactly. you know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all real. But, you know, that's just how I, that's how I develop my content and that's how I. How I, how I dig deep because I mean shit I can't tell you about jail I never been to jail yeah but you know I got cousins and I got cousins that's in prison right now and I got you know my little sister was in prison for for quite some time mm-hmm. and she told me stories you know and I could say dang well I could relate to that you know because I haven't been in jail but I have been comf you know I have been confined 
to a small, not even to a small space. I have been confined to a place where, you know, I mean, it never be the same, but I have been confined to a space where I wasn't allowed to leave at my own free will. So, yeah. you know, I mean. Just making then, a different, then, different perspectives, right? Like different perspectives. Yeah, well, I think that's life, man. I think mm-hmm. as we go through life, you know, some people have a hard time translating stuff. And so I feel like, you know, Sham Black, the musician is just here to translate it. Like one of my um, Sham Black logos is a play off of the Schoolhouse Rock logo. And I don't know if you're familiar with Schoolhouse Rock, but what yeah. they did was they just taught stuff. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's what happened when you listen to Sham Black. You know, I'm giving you something that you could use. You know, I'm giving you my opinion and, and my perspective and my knowledge and my take on it. You know, yeah. my trans, I'm trying to translate it. That's dope, yeah. And uh, where where do you see like Shan Black in like the next five years? Like, what's where do you see yourself? Just doing the work, man. Shan Black is going to be doing the work with the Spookies, of course. Um, and and my and my runners, my runners are what I call my fans of Waves and the Tide. Yeah. And um, in the future, in the next five years, man, we're going to be doing the work. Waves and the Tide is going to be a nonprofit organization where we go into the city and we bring the kids to the forefront of the beaches. Um, Brian Anthony, a rapper from San Diego, he got a brand called Barely See the Beach. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory about that. And my theory is that we barely see the beach because the beach isn't in our tax bracket. It's hard to go and go to the beach and enjoy the beach when you don't really have the means or the funds to really be able to take part in it. You don't really see a lot of black yeah. people out there or Mexican people out there on the on That's the true. jet skis or mm-hmm. on the boats or or you know, doing that kind of stuff. So waves in the tide. That's what we're going to do, man. We're going to get them kids out there to the beach. We're going to have beach days, you know, and, and I'm going to be branching out and getting into surfing competitions and, and stuff like that. Um, I forgot yeah. to mention earlier, too, mm-hmm. that um, even even when I was coming up with the idea of my brand, I, I started <clears throat> surfing for the first time. Mm-hmm. I went surfing for the first time in 2018, and I really enjoyed it, being yeah. that I skateboard, I snowboard. I really enjoy surfing and I, I couldn't help but notice like, dang, it ain't no Mexicans or no black people out here. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> so that was another one of my things. I'm like, yeah, we need some representation. So, yeah, you know, in the next five years, we're going to be building that and taking the steps to go towards that. Um, what I really want to do is reach out to Nate, to New Balance. Yeah. And just kind of start to build that relationship. And, and, and I want to start right there. And yeah. then from there, I want to, I want to, I want to come into the city and I want to bring kids to the beach, man. You know, I want to, I want to break that stigma. Yeah. You know, they have this saying that, that depending on your tax bracket is depending on how much you get to enjoy in San Diego. And it's true. That's crazy. You know, if you yeah. come from, if you, if you below the eight, if you south of the eight is the phrase, man, you know, you're going to barely see the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Do some uh, free swimming lessons too. Cause that's like another, like, like stereotype and like stigma, like me, myself, I don't know how to swim. I know how to float. I, I yeah. took a little bit of swimming classes, but I, I got I was too scared by the time I, I was uh, trying to learn. I was like 12, so I'm like, uh, I'm scared of the water. <laughs> yeah, man, funny story. I almost drowned. One of my aunties had a pool, and um, we would go over there for the holidays and stuff. And I see my brother going to the deep end. Yeah. And so, of course, me, I wanted to follow him. Well, I followed him, but mm-hmm. it was getting harder and harder for me to touch the floor and come up for air. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of my aunties reached in and just grabbed me out the water. And ever since then, my mom used to send us up to Memorial Rec yeah. or, uh, yeah, to Memorial Swimming Pool, and we would go out there and swim. And I, the way I learned how to swim was, was by joining the swim team. So I used to play water polo, okay. and I used to swim. I used to race. I used to be on the swim team and stuff like that, just so I could go swimming for free so we didn't have to pay. 
And okay. every summer, man, every summer, me, my brother, and my sister would go up there. And we'll go to the girls' club, get some lunch. We, I swear, we would stay up at the swimming pool from like eleven to four o'clock every day, all summer, just getting black, being ashy, just being <laughs> little kids. <laughs> That's dope. Um, yeah. And we obviously talked about Spooky Gang. We're both part of the collective. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, what what do you think is the importance? Because a lot of people, like, uh, I saw a quote actually just posted today, and I'm kind of guilty of that. Where like a lot of us people say, like, oh, I can do this myself. Cause we're like afraid to trust other individuals either we've been hurt in the past you know like backstabbed but what mm-hmm. obviously as being an independent artist you need a team um i learned that the hard way i still do a lot of shit myself because i'm like a like a little like uh neat freak and i'm like really specific about what i want but it is important to have a team so i have like you guys the spooky gang and then i'm also part of platform collection uh yeah. what's the importance of you know having a team of like and being surrounded by like-minded individuals in your opinion um, you know, they say, um, if you want to go, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. So, um, the importance of having spooky gang and, and something like spooky gang mm-hmm. and have being around like-minded people is that, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to lose focus when everyone focuses on the same thing. You know, if everyone yeah. is cheering for the same, for the same outcome, for the same outcome, it's hard to, it's hard to lose focus. It's hard to get distracted because we all focus on the same thing and then also even if everyone isn't focused on the same thing having a supportive group like spooky gang Mm -hmm. is almost like it's breaking the matrix you know it's breaking the algorithm Mm -hmm. um everything we're doing these days is on the internet and the internet is a is a numbers game you know you hear gary v talk about it a lot and the way to break the numbers game is to come in numbers you know and what a lot of people don't might not really appreciate about spooky gang is that um wherever we go however we move we're already nine it's already at nine mm-hmm. and, and and that's breaking the numbers you know what i'm saying that's breaking the numbers whether it be nine people pushing your product nine people starting off with nine likes on instagram you know whatever the case nine mcs rapping <clears throat> whatever you know what i'm saying we already starting at nine so to be a part of something that where you could break it down like that and really have it tapped in like that is important yeah. because shit, half the time you're going in this shit alone. You need one or like, imagine you go somewhere with one person. You're like, okay, come with me. So I'm not by myself. Now imagine taking nine people with you. Yep. Yeah. You know, you go, it's going to be that much more force and that much more energy. True. True. Um, you need, you need a spooky gang in your life. You know, you need that. No matter, no matter where you are or how you do it, you need that energy. You know what I'm saying? You need some people to tell you, hey, this is tight. It's not tight. Hey, okay, let's do this. Let's not do this. You know, that's, it's just like having a council or having a, um, um, having a, um, a assembly, you know, politicians yeah. do it. Mob bosses do it. You know, nobody's, nobody's out here making it happen alone. Everybody has a person or a team where certain people play certain roles in that team and, and, and helps get the mission accomplished. Exactly. Dope, dope. And what, uh, for you, what's, what has been your like greatest accomplishment so far as a creative? As a creative, my greatest accomplishment is just being able to be my whole self and not and, and trusting my actions and trusting that <clears throat> me being me is going to be accepted and going to be received well. Cause I think as an artist, you know, being sensitive about your stuff, of course you don't want to be rejected. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've, I've went on limbs to do things creatively and it was well received. And it just let me know, like, 
me being me and not trying to be something else is working. It's going to work. You know, I mean, from the blonde hair to even the ghost tattoo, you know, me being me is, it was accepted and it made me be me more. And I just, you know, like, that's my greatest accomplishment is, is, is trusting myself to be myself to be received as myself. So therefore I never have to be nothing else. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's I such agree. a, it's, <laughs> it's such a hard thing. Cause like, especially now we're in a fucking, you know, the auto tune era where everything is real singy and melodic. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like, yo, I, people ain't going to like the song if I don't do that. Yeah. You know, but then you have a song like, <clears throat> you have a song like, um, the Holy Spirit where I'm not even doing I don't even have a hook all I'm doing is rapping the whole time you know it's yeah. a B.B. King sample Rob sample B.B. King and um, B.B. King is saying the thrill is gone but it's gone for good and I'm really not singing the whole time and I got singing songs like I got songs where I'm being melodic and yeah. being real repetitive and so to have that song or have a song like The Sun mm-hmm. where, I, where I say something like I'm my grandma's favorite grandson and then have everybody being like, oh, that was my favorite part. Like, that's so dope that you said that. Yeah. You know? And then, and then I <laughs> and then I follow it up because my cousin Jalen, I feel like, well, you know, we just feel like he's a favorite because he's cool. You know, he's success. I mean, you know, he's well off for himself. He's the baby. Yeah. And, um, you know, my grandma raised him. But, you know, and I say that, except for my cousin Jalen, of course. And, you know, a lot of, I just got a lot of good feedback and I really didn't even like the song at first. I'm like, Rob, they're not going to like this one. He's like, nah, this is tight. I'm like, fool. I'm not, I'm like, shit, it's like, the song is like a minute and 35 seconds, really. It's the shortest song on the tape and it's got the most plays, got the most spins, got the most shares. Yeah, that's my favorite, (laughs) yeah. That's one of the things where I'm just like, man, you know, really trusting my gut and trusting Mm -hmm. myself to be my artistic self is like, great you know that's one of my greatest accomplishments because now you're go- you're always going to get the authentic sham black it's never going to be like this watered down fabricated you know oh this mm-hmm. fool's trying to fucking talk about gang life when i don't even gang bang or yeah. this 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 fool's talking about being in prison and i've never been in prison you know what i'm saying yeah it, it's, it's never like that it's always the authentic sham black it's always going to be real from the merch to the music to to the visuals or whatever you know yeah that's dope, man. And um, to switch it up a bit, um, obviously it's like a hip hop and horror, you know, podcast. So the latter part of the interview, I usually switch it up and uh, talk about like horror and shit. I know you're not like a huge horror fan, but I'm still <laughs> gonna ask these questions. So, because <laughs> um, okay. you've been vocal about it with me, but uh, what's like if if you had any like favorite scary movie, which would it be and why? Uh, my favorite scary movie. And it can be comedy too. There's like a bunch of different subgenres. It could be like okay, so comedy. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm because I think the fa- your favorite scary movie should be the movie that scares you the most. Yeah, true. Okay, true. and so I'm gonna give you a little bit of game. Hold on, this is about to hit my shit. Girl. Um, <laughs> so my my um, favorite scary movie is um is um what's that movie about them dudes from um from the five the five oh the Central Park Five. five? That's my favorite scary movie. Excuse me. I'm going to tell you why, because that's real. Mm -hmm. That could really happen to me. That could really happen to me, and that scares the fuck out of me, because I don't like the police, and I don't like authoritative figures in the sense that they can say whatever the fuck they want to and get away with it, and ain't nobody going to do no checks and balances on them. That's real for me. That's a scary movie for me. Um, Candyman used to scare me as a kid. 
Yeah. I used to be scared of Candyman. I don't know why, but I used to be scared of Candyman. I used to be scared of Tales from the Crib. But the Central Five, now yeah. that shit, oh, nigga, that shit puts fear in my heart. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think the Candyman, too, and, like, Tales uh, like from the Hood and Tales from the Crypt or whatever, like, some of those yeah. took place in the um, in the hood or, like, the neighborhood, you know? So I think that's yeah. why it kind of hits home, and that's why a lot of people, like, black and brown people are like scared of those films at least like for yeah, me that's what it was, it was the closest yeah it was the closest <laughs> we was gonna get to shit that looked like shit we seen yeah exactly so, like, gr- growing up as a kid candy man was the one that fucked me up a lot and then my brother used to make me watch tales from the crypt yeah and that little fucking demon thing used to just <laughs> fuck me up but yeah, now but- as an adult i watch scary movies i'm like man that's not even realistic like what the yeah. fuck <laughs> but seeing like shit like the central five yeah. That shit fucked me up because I'm like, bro, you know, this just leaves me feeling like that's what a, that I feel like that's what a scary movie would make me feel like. Like, damn, that could happen to me. Yeah. And now I'm afraid. You know, I've watched scary movies with my child, my oldest child, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's asking me, he's trying to figure out, can this happen to me? <laughs> and then I have to like downplay, like, no, it's just a movie. Yeah. You know, and that always reminds me, like, hey, that's just a scary movie. You know, that's how movies are made. But yeah. then I watched something with him, like Central Five, and he's like, how can they just take these guys? And I'm like, because they're the police. And he's like, damn. And I'm like, same, I'm saying like, damn, nigga, that's yeah. scary as fuck. Yeah. They can just grab your ass and be gone yeah. for 20 years. I mean, that's, that's, do about it. that would probably be like a genre, though, because I don't know if you've seen, um, it came out this year, I believe, uh, Body Cam with uh, Mary J. Blige. And it talks about uh, like police, you know, police brutality, police murder, and all that stuff. And it's pretty mm-hmm. dope. But it talks about stuff like that's relatable to you know our culture. So I think that yeah. that's you're you're onto something. <clears throat> Who knows? Maybe like Jordan Peele will continue to make shit like that that's like relatable, but in a horror setting. Yeah. Um, what <clears throat> about um? What's your like your greatest fear? And then do you think you'll ever overcome it? Man, my greatest fear. Like scary movie type shit or just period? Like just, just period, yeah. Man, my greatest fear is loving people that don't love me back. You know, I would hate to be in a position where I'm overexerting myself and going a distance for someone that's not going to return the favor to me. You know, that was always my, I think, um, <clears throat> I think I got abandonment issues, which makes okay. me, makes it real easy for me to just detach from people and just going about my life mm-hmm. as if nothing happened. And um, I think that's my fear, man. I think loving people, loving the wrong people, man, that's always been my weakness, love, so. Damn, that's deep. <laughs> um, yeah, whether it's your homies, because I'm a loyal homie, and I'm I'm a homie that's going, like yeah. I said, Shad Black is your homeboy. You know, right or wrong, I'm going to ride with you. And um, a lot of the times throughout my life, in my younger days, mm-hmm. I found myself riding for the wrong people. Even when I joined the military at first, mm-hmm. I found myself, you know, um, trying to prove myself to the wrong people and I had to tell myself like you know I spent a lifetime getting away from that kind of energy only to only to come only to come back around and be around that energy professionally you know and I really had to have a I really had to have a mature conversation with myself on who I wanted to be and what I wanted to be like how serious did I want to be taken Mm -hmm. and I got homeboys that's super ratchet you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm that aren't half as successful you know they just don't make it out that bubble because they don't allow themselves to grow and i have people tell me like oh man you think you this or you fake because of this or whatever whatever yet i found myself winning every time being blessed every time and every time when i conversate with them it's always negative always some drama 
It's yeah. always what, you know what I'm saying? It's always somebody else's plate. They never looking at their plate. And I just told myself like, see, this is what I meant by that. Every time I, every time I find myself lost trying to, trying to make sense of it, I'm like, this is the, this is the sense right here. This is the proof. Yeah. Excuse me. I got friends right now. <clears throat> That's just real negative, you know? And then they, they walk around with their head down super angry ready to do whatever to whoever yeah and it's because they haven't you know they just are angry people and you know i had a friend tell me one time like that's your problem sham black you got too much love too much love and i was like bro what <laughs> like, <I laughs> approach every situation. <laughs> yeah how's it bad man i'm a, I'm a human yeah <clears throat> but i approach every situation with the love and until you make me remove the love is what i'm gonna keep giving you you know what i mean and, and sometimes yeah. people can can try to manipulate that and and that's true you know that'll probably be my downfall in my future but i'm i'm guarded from it too but at the same time i'm not so guarded to where it's not who i am still because it's just yeah. sham black that's just how i move you know what i mean yeah in, in, in all situations you know i'm gonna look out for you i'm gonna take care of you i anticipate you taking care of me but i'm probably not gonna be in a position i'm trying i'm not gonna let myself get in a position to where that needs to happen to me because i've been down and out before so i know yeah. how it feels you know Exactly, man. And um, so we have like obviously the little spooky gang ghosts and shit like that. Have you ever had any um, any like supernatural experiences or know anybody that that had any that you can share? Yeah, I got a um, this guy I used to rap with one of my best friends. His name is Luis. Yeah, but he used to go by the name Profane. He told me about um, how he was having supernatural experiences before he converted to um, Christianity, real hard. <clears throat> he told me how he was fasting for three days. Mm -hmm. And then um, he was asking God these questions and God spoke to him. And some mm -hmm. people might not consider that supernatural. I consider it mm -hmm. supernatural yeah. because God is real, you know, and I don't mean like God is in like the religion, the, the, the structure of God that we envision. I mean, like God as the energy, you know, exactly. and um, we know what we're conscious of and we know the ideas that we have in our head and we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, he told me that, but even before that, mm -hmm. on my first deployment, mm -hmm. um, I got baptized when I went to Afghanistan, and it was my worst deployment ever. A lot of people got killed. It was real dangerous. We was getting attacked, shot at, blown up left and right. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> once, I, once I got baptized and I went up on top of this hill and was fighting and shit, I just was never scared. I was never afraid. I just wasn't, I wasn't, like, I was scared because we was getting shot at and blown up, but I wasn't like afraid, like, oh man, I'm gonna die and I'm not gonna go home. Like I would mm -hmm. have made peace with that part. Like, yeah, okay, if I die, that's that. And I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, of course I'm scared, my adrenaline pumping, my blood rushing, mm -hmm. but I never was like, I felt like I had made peace with God. And since that mm -hmm. deployment, mm -hmm. my life was just like so much more smoother, man. I started to be, I started to become really receptive to energies yeah and when i came down off of that hill man i started to do a lot of reading and a lot of soul searching and just trying to find out like who i was who mm -hmm. shamron was and man ever since then man i just been walking in his light and being blessed like crazy blessed i read the i read the quran i read the bible mm -hmm. i read both of them and um you know it was it was really unique man the way that it, i just you know i just it just was like that's hard to explain, but yeah, yeah man, I've just been being blessed ever since. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's like uh, you touched on a good point, though. Sometimes you have to, like, kind of learn a little bit about who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. 
um, to be able to like either love other people or, you know, like you said, like uh, feeding off other people's energy. Cause I, I noticed that's me as well. Like I started doing like a lot of self-discovery and all that stuff. And then you start to like see the people that are, you can feel the energy. It's kind of weird how to, like you said, how to explain it, but you can tell mm -hmm. people like that are genuine versus people that are being fake just off their energy and the vibe. It's yeah. kind of weird. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I definitely agree with you on that. I'm not like, like you said, I don't believe in like the, the God, that, that person that you gotta, you know, uh, you know, pray to or whatever, like I used to now it's more like, yeah. you said, like an energy, uh, it's like a higher power, you know? Um, yeah, so yeah. definitely, definitely agree on that. Um, is there, um, Eddie, like uh, at the end, I like to ask like, what are two things about you that people might not know that you would like to share? Uh, two things about Sham Black that people might not know. Yeah. That I like to share. Either like hobbies or something you like to do or you have a skill yeah. or something. Oh, Hidden shit, talent. man. <laughs> fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, two things about Sham Black that people don't know that I, that I would like to share. I listen to a lot of country music. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I listen to a lot of country music. I picked that up in 2017. Okay. When I was in Tennessee, I used to live in Tennessee. Okay. And um, if you go to the bars out there, you're bound to hear country music. <clears throat> so it's just part of the it's just part of the process. Yeah. You know, but um, what a lot of people don't know is that um, you know um, the country music these niggas shooting a video out here. The, um, <laughs> country music was created by black people. Yeah. It was the blues. Mhm. Mm so you know we got I think in in essence we lost touch with our roots. But yeah. motherfucking um. I love country music. I like it a lot. And then another thing is, you know, I like I snowboard. Okay. I'm really good at snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at snowboarding. Really, that shit really is good. hard though. That shit, I tried to do that and it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at it. So I don't think a lot of people know that. But no, you know, hey, I'm a party animal, and I like to fucking get. I, you know, I'm no fear, man. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think I have a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, I do have fear, but I'm brave, and I know how to like overcome it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 I'm I'm very like I said, I'm very receptive to energy. So sometimes the energy could be real tampered, mm -hmm. and you know, it 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 it, it just translates to me as like okay, you know helps me help me navigate the seas. You know what I mean? Seas yeah. is in life. It's like metaphor. It's like a metaphor for life, you know, the, the energies, the waves, you know, dictate the way that you maneuver the sea and, True. you know, and I'm learning to, how to surf. <laughs> and to like finish <laughs> off the, the interview, I usually ask this one last. So what kind of uh, legacy do you want to leave behind either on a creative level or personal? Um, on both, man, I want everybody to know that everything is possible. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you put your mind to it. And you put your grind to it. You'll never give up. You can do whatever it is you want. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. Everything okay. is possible. Just put in put in the work, man. Right? Everything, yes. As long as you put your mind to it and you put your grind to it, everything is possible. True, true, man. Well, thank you again for stopping by. Uh, you're my last guest of the year. So shout I mean, out to you, homie. <laughs> spooky gang, everybody out there. <laughs> um, spooky gang. Yeah, Seven, spooky thank gang. you for having me, man. I love you. I love what you're doing. I love the energy that you're creating. Thank I you, love man. how you stepped up and just fucking kicked ass. I'm honored yeah. to be on your team. I'm honored to be a part of your process. I'm honored to be in your thought selection. 
Yes. You know, just keep grinding, keep going forward, and just know that you always got to finish in black for whatever. However, whenever you hit me and I'm there ASAP. Uh, thank you, man. Love you. And again, thank you for everything. Uh, like I said, we leveled up this year with Spooky Gang, Definitely. the merch. Uh, let people know where they can find you. I have your um, sham underscore black. You just can't see the underscore. Um, and where can you find Waves in the Tide? Are there still any like merch left for Spooky Gang? Uh, yeah, there's definitely some merch. We got a lot of smalls and mediums in in stock right now. But um, we're we working on getting the restock back cracking. Nice. Um, just check us out, Waves in the Tide. You can catch us at a pop-up shot in Barrio Logan on Walk the Block on Saturdays. Um, we branching out past that. Excuse me. We branching out past that. But you know, if you want to have, you want to sit down with your boy, chop it up, have a drink with me, man. I'm a, you know, I'm 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 a human. I ain't no Hollywood guy. We can have a shot mm -hmm. or two. You can chop it up. You can buy some merch. We could talk spooky gang. We could politic. You know, what I'm saying we could parlay. However you want to do it, man. We right here. All right, man. Well, thank you again. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Spooky! <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. Our guest we had today was Shan Black, a dope MC, entrepreneur, everything. So uh, check out the interview. Uh, you can find me here on uh, Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue podcast on YouTube, my YouTube channel, 7 Octobers, and IGTV. Those are the only two places. And, of course, my blog, NightmareOnSedgwick.com. So thank you again, guys, for this dope year. Had a lot of dope guests. Uh, season two of Nightmare on Cedric Avenue has officially uh, ended. I will have one more episode where I'm going to do my best of 2020 horror movies, TV shows, um, albums, all that. So tune in for that. That's going to be the last episode of the year. And thank you guys again. Peace.